Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 252 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in Ann Arbor. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. Before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsor. We'd like to thank ServeNow, a nationwide network of trusted, pre-screened process servers. Work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, embrace technology, and understand the litigation process. Visit ServeNow.com to learn more. And we want to mention that the second edition of our book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, is available on Amazon. Everyone agrees that collaboration is essential in today's legal world, but knowing the right tools will make all the difference. In our last episode, we had our friend Debbie Foster join us for a look back at legal technology in 2019. We aren't big believers in predictions on this show, but we do like to share our legal technology New Year's resolutions every year. And it's that time of year again. Tom, what's all on our agenda for this episode? Well, Dennis, in this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, we will indeed be sharing our 2020 technology resolutions. In the second segment, we'll actually be sharing our podcast's uh, 2020 resolutions for the coming year. And as usual, we'll finish up with our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation that you can start to use the second that this podcast is over. But first up, New Year's technology resolutions, a uh, long-time tradition on this podcast. Uh, I think anyone can make predictions, uh, but I, to be honest, I'm lousy at predicting anything. I, I usually stay far away from it. Um, what we don't see a lot of are people publicly sharing their technology resolutions each year. I like the idea of resolutions because they give you a place to get started um, as the new year starts, but if you don't happen to follow through on all of them, it's also not the end of the world. It's usually around this point that we revisit last year's resolutions to see how we did, um, but I noticed from the script, Dennis, that you gave me that, that I'm looking at that you suddenly don't like to look back at last year's resolutions and dwell on what you didn't accomplish. What is up with that? I mean, you, you went to failure camp and all this past year. Uh, isn't reflecting on the past important? Well, I, I think it's good to take a quick look at the past, but I think the resolution is about looking forward. And, you know, Failure Camp, as you mentioned, was a, a great thing I did at Nashville with Cat Moon and, and others. And, and it's about resilience and and learning from what's come before. So I, I think you can look back at your resolutions and you can kind of be happy with the things that you accomplished. Um, and I don't think you need to beat yourself up for the things that you didn't accomplish. But I think that what I've learned with the whole resolution things is it's about experimentation. So what is it that I'm experimenting with? How does that work? What lessons have I learned from that? And then do I make adjustments to that? Because typically the resolutions I start uh, out with kind of evolve and change over time. And then even they could 
pivot in a completely different way that makes a, a lot more sense. So the, the actual resolution started you down a path, but where you ended up is a different path. So I don't dwell so much on on the past. I, I just like to look forward at this point. I know, Tom, you like to kind of tally things up and, and uh, kind of decide how well you did or not, but I'm, I'm like ready to move forward. Well, no, I, I, I actually... <laughs> If we're being honest, I like to look back and see what I said I would do this past year and see if I actually did it because I am tend not to be good in my resolutions. I, I hope that I do the things that I think that I'm going to do, but I also don't write them down and I don't pay attention to them uh, the way that you do. So that's part of the reason why I like looking over them um, last year. But this year, um, I'm ready to move forward. So, um, you know, can you maybe let's talk about the approach that you use and that I sort of have adopted as well um, to see Set the resolutions for, you know, not just this coming year, but the years that we've been doing this on the podcast. Yeah, and I, I did want to mention that you what a lot of people do is they write things down and then put it away in a drawer. And so what I do is because I use this uh, software program called OmniFocus, I surface those uh, resolutions from time to time. So so they are they they come to my mind and they they are something that I've worked on and I've sort of broken up into chunks and other things like that. And so I guess Tom, that typically we we go back to the the so-called smart goals approach on resolutions. So they need to be specific, they need to be measurable, they need to be achievable, they need to be relevant, and they need to be time-based. And then if you do all of those things, you're more likely to come up with something that makes sense. So if, if I say that my goal for this year is to become a keynote speaker, for example, probably I'm not going to accomplish that in the year. But if I say that that's within that general notion, I want to be hired for three keynote speeches within you know, by June 30th of, of next year, then I'm more likely to accomplish that because it's specific. It's something I can measure. It's done in a set time period. Um, and that gets me toward that bigger sort of nebulous goal. And, and the examples are always you know, when people say they want to lose weight. Well, that, that typically does not get it done or to stop smoking. Uh, so when you go more more specific uh, than, than to do that. So I don't know, Tom, maybe I'll throw this to you since since we have notes there, but I, I've used a three-part approach in the past, which which I think you, uh, you've you said you like. Do you want to talk maybe a little bit about that approach? Yeah, no, I do like the approach that you've taken. Um, I think it's pretty straightforward, and I like that it's kind of a three-part approach that focuses on technology from different angles. Um, the first one, uh, first approach is, is there a technology pain point um, that I'd like to alleviate or remove? Is there something in my life that I want to fix in, in, in terms of technology? Second, is there a new technology, a new skill, more advanced use of technology that I'd like to learn? Um, and then third, is there something that I can do with technology to advance my career, accomplish more, improve processes, or even better as, as lawyers, enhance client service. I like all of those. I will confess that 
this year when it comes to the approach to my three resolutions we're going to talk about, I really only looked at two of them because, to be real honest, I don't have a lot of pain points this year. I don't. I, I sat down and I thought about it, and I'm like, you know, the pain points that I've got are pretty straightforward, and so I don't have much to alleviate this year. So we're really, I'm really going to focus on those second learning and and advancement of career and and of work and and moving forward in those types of things. Dennis, what about you? Well, I I tend to agree with you on the on the pain point. Um, point, if I can use that term, because I, I do feel like I'm in pretty good shape. I just feel like uh, I've, I think sort of scattered in technology and probably not as um, simple and and together as I was like. So let me start with my uh, resolution number one, which goes to that point, which, which is I just want to revamp, retool, and, and really rationalize my technology stack. So what I want to do is to say, hey, what are all the things that I'm doing and what are the technologies that I use? And this seems like a good time to kind of step back and decide what makes sense and where there's duplication and where I can do things more smoothly. Um, and so I think that's cutting back. So, Tom, as I mentioned before, the, the show, I did uh, my end-of-the-year personal offsite, And so one of the things that I worked on was was this was this resolution number one about my technology stack. And I actually feel I've made some progress and in putting it together. And so the way to, th to think about this is that it's definitely going to be a simplification. I did a little bit of jobs to be done to say, okay, so what are the things that I do? Well, I write, you know, I research, I keep notes, you know, I have business uh, processes, uh, other things to do, and then figure out, well, what tools do I use and what tools do, don't I want to use? So my approach to this is going to be, I'm going to allow myself to do some more research until the till February 1st. Then I'm going to do some implementation and look at some metrics by the 1st of March. And then I'm going to take a look look at all of that on July 1st uh, to see how it's going. And then on December 1st, I'm going to assess it and to see how much or how little I've accomplished and, and whether it was a worthwhile resolution and process to go through. So um, that's number one for me, is sort of revamping, retooling, and rationalizing the technology stack. Well, my first one, uh, my first resolution is, and I think I mentioned this last year, feels for me sort of like the weight loss resolution is for many of us, uh, sort of a perennial resolution that we never get around to actually doing. And I, I remember looking, I actually did look back at, at our script and our outline for last year's resolution show. And I put this here and, and in parentheses, I put really, really, really for real this time. And then it, of course, it didn't happen this year. And that is, I have been far too long in um, relaunching the official relaunch of my blog. Um, and what's going to happen this year, I'll, just to give you an update, I, I was hoping to relaunch it in January. I'm a little bit behind. I'm getting a new logo done for the for the blog, and uh, that probably isn't going to happen. Well, I'm hoping to get that done in January, so I may still be looking at a January launch, but it may bleed over into February. And then what I really want to do is, I don't think that the, the, the resolution isn't so much the relaunch of the blog. It's in, uh, I'm going to be taking a slightly different approach than I did in the, in the blog before. I, it's not really going to be just about legal technology. It's really going to be about technology in general. And I think to be successful, what I'd really like to look at is 
doing more of the the hub and spoke approach, but with different types of social tools like YouTube, like Instagram, like more visual media um, in order to talk about technology. And that's what I plan to start experimenting with. I don't have deadlines like Dennis does, um, but I plan to to look at using these tools to point people back to the blog um, or to have a separate source that people can go to if they want to learn this information. I would also include that I probably will be looking at doing a very short form podcast um, based on the blog, um, but that's still kind of in development and uh, probably you look for more information on that in a future episode of this podcast. Dennis, number two. So number two relates to the uh, career advancement. And so for me, that's going to be video production. So I, I had this notion last year, I wanted to do online courses and other things. And I've always stayed away from video because it seems like such like a lot of hard work. And I wasn't really quite sure that it was a good medium for me. But every time I've done video, I've, I've really liked it. And so what I found was the blocker on online courses was just the video production side of it. So that's going to be my resolution number two is to work really hard on video learning video production. So I figured out what tools I probably need, what the medium is going to be, which I think is probably going to be Vimeo, but I may do both Vimeo and YouTube. Um, and then just figuring out a way. Uh, and I also have what I think is really important is I have content ideas that I can work on to give me practice and to get some things up. So I'm looking at both online longer, uh, you know, courses that are longer form content, and then also really simple video tips. So uh, uh, could be a minute or less or could be two minutes or less. But I want to really try to make a strong effort in that and to and to really look at it as a, a skill to learn and a technology uh, for me to get really conversant in, and that's video production. And for me, it's also learning, but it also is part of the career too, because we are finding that as our clients are moving more and more to Office 365, um, and as Office 365 becomes more and more powerful, um, we want to make sure that we have enough advice for our clients to follow on the best ways to use it. And so one of my goals for 2020 is to learn more about particular pieces of Office 365 that I don't know enough about right now. And that is one, Power Automate, and two, Power Apps. Now, Power Automate, you probably, if, if you pay attention to Office 365, you'll know that it was is formerly known as Microsoft Flow, which is Microsoft's version of the If This Then That, or, um, or the Zapier, uh, but it's basically tools that can set up workflows and make apps talk to each other and work together. But when you apply all of that to Office 365, you begin to create workflows between the applications. So you can set up processes within, say, SharePoint, where um, you can have a document that you can basically set up some routine and very simple document assembly or, or approval processes or other things that work through 
SharePoint and your Outlook email and Word documents, and you can set up forms where people will complete a form and then it will get forwarded on. You can integrate that with a signing with a signature type technology so documents can be signed. Um, I'm kind of going all over the place when I talk about it, but that's because there are so many different ways that you can run your processes through Office 365. I kind of want to learn about how all of those work. Power Automate is really the way to do that now, but I also am interested in looking at Microsoft Power Apps. Now, what Power Apps is, is another piece of Office 365 that actually allow you to create your own applications. Um, you can create portals, you can create other types of applications. I'll give you an example of what we're doing. We're actually creating record retention schedules within Power Apps so that um, once you develop your company or your firm's record retention schedule, you can load it into an app that's easy to put on your tablet, on your phone, on a website, um, and it's easy to use and update, and uh, it works just like an app. It's really very, very simple to use, or at least to create at the, at the, at the beginning, um, and, but it can actually be quite powerful and complex. So part of my goal for work and for uh, my own personal knowledge is to really learn more about those tools in the coming year. Yeah, that's a that's a great one, Tom. And not to tip my hand uh, too much, but part of my uh, tech stack revamp is is really going to be a consolidation to Office three sixty five. And uh, both the tools you mentioned are, are super interesting. And I was just reading today about something called Project Cortex um, that Microsoft has has just rolled out as part of Office three sixty five. That uh, is something we might do a show on. I think later next year. Yeah, Cortex is a good product that right now I think is only open to companies and it's in kind of in beta testing, but I think that there will come a time in the coming year when we'll want to talk more about it because I think it's a really interesting and potentially really good tool for lawyers to use. And my last one is somewhat similar to yours, but um, this goes it falls into the improving processes uh, bucket for me. And what I really want to focus on is very simple automations. So this is stuff like Text Expander. It's like Hazel in uh, on 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 the Mac Automator, other tools like this. If this, then that. Where I want to look at some very specific things that I do on a repetitive basis and figure out ways to automate them. And it doesn't have to be that big a deal. I started to do some some work with this, especially in Text Expander last year. Um, and it just makes a big difference. And uh, you know, a lot of times you just find yourself doing the same things over and over again. Um, and when you see that, it's a good place to automate. And I think the tools have now reached this point where um, they're pretty straightforward to work with. And a lot of it is just kind of filling in the blanks. And, and I think uh, becomes a way that you can accomplish things. So, so that's the one I'm doing. And I'm also in the, on the smart goals thing. I'm also just making it very achievable and relevant because I'm just saying simple automations. I'm not looking to autom automate my whole life. I'm just looking for simple areas where it makes sense, where there's repetition. And my third one is going to be, is actually a continuation of a resolution from last year when I talked about learning more about 
data privacy. I'm going to slightly change the focus, but it's really going to be on data privacy. Over the past year, we've been working a lot with companies on getting ready for California Consumer Privacy Act, which goes into effect. We're recording this literally on New Year's Eve. We're going to, it goes into effect tomorrow, or at least the enforcement begins tomorrow. Consumers can start requesting that their information be deleted from California companies starting on January 1st. And so the past year has really been about figuring out uh, how do you get ready for it? How do you identify where all your personal information is? How do you get ready to uh, respond to a request to have your information either found and produced or deleted? Um, and then this year is going to be more about how um, how it's going to be enforced, how the state of California is going to enforce it. Um, but even better, I think, um, how other states are going to respond to it. Uh, we already have other laws that are similar uh, coming from states like Washington, New Jersey. Nevada passed a law that's not quite the same, but a lot of different laws are being looked at. And then the federal government keeps threatening to pass kind of a, a broad nationwide privacy law that uh, may or may not preempt some of these laws. So um, I think privacy is going to be a huge topic this year, not just from a personal privacy perspective, but in the way that companies manage your information. And it's something I'm going to be keeping on top of this year and learning about and making sure that uh, I understand how uh, how both companies need, to, and, and when I buy companies, I mean law firms, need to comply with it, um, but also how consumers can make sure that their rights are adequately being protected. I think that's all important. I've kind of stepped back a little bit from the data privacy realm, and i got to admit, Tom, that one of the ways I remember this acronym is I just think in terms of the California Chaos Production Act to help me keep that CCPA acronym You're straight. You're not wrong. Um, so I don't know, Tom, we may have time for a couple uh, other quick ones. So for me, I, I like to stick with threes, but if I, if I look at anything where if I'm looking some new area, it's going to be either, uh, you know, some entry into the data analytics world. I like a program called Mighty Networks and the super simple one. I've recommended a, a service that, that I, I've called Scribed, which is sort of a Netflix for books. And I've called it Scribed for years, I think, Tom, and I was listening to a couple of audiobooks, and I realized that they refer to themselves as scribd. So I'm going to, one of my resolutions is to learn to pronounce that correctly. And then it just seems wrong. It doesn't <laughs> seem does. right. It seems wrong. So I don't know, but it was, it was on the, you know, on the audiobook. Um, and then, Tom, believe it or not, I'm actually thinking about doing my uh, book recording and my book lists in, in Goodreads, believe it or not. Wow. That is impressive. So I don't really have any... Th the only other thing that I'm doing is something I mentioned on a previous podcast, maybe a podcast episode or two ago, and that is I've been really trying to learn more about how to use Todoist, which is my task manager. Um, I've been I've been going through a fairly lengthy series of videos on on using Todoist on the Carl Poulain, I guess, video channel. If you want to check back to uh, a couple episodes past, you'll see the link to uh, to his uh, YouTube page has a lot of great videos on it, but I am getting a ton out of those and learning to use it better. Um, it's an incredibly powerful um, t task manager, and I maybe, maybe Dennis, you've convinced me that I will indeed load my uh, 2020 goals in there and keep, uh, keep an eye on them, make sure that uh, I'm keeping up with them over the course of this year. 
All right. Well, that does it for our 2020 goals. What does our podcast have in store for 2020? Let's talk about that in our next segment. But before we do that, let's take a break for a quick message from our sponsor. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry. Connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. And now let's get back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. We also wanted to create some resolutions for the show. So let me throw out a few starter ideas, and Tom can react and add to the list. So first thing I have is uh, switching for ourselves from Slack to Microsoft Teams. We've gotten a lot more interest, both from ourselves and others, in creating a, a book based on our parting shot segments over the 13 plus years of the of the uh, the podcast. And, and we've also been talking for a while about doing a podcasting online course. So I don't know whether those, those make our resolutions, Tom, or they're certainly something we can discuss as resolutions. I have one more to add, and I'll add it at the end. But I would say I think all of those three are great resolutions for the podcast and for us. I, I've been talking with Dennis for a while. We've been using Slack as our communications channel for this podcast. But I just, over the past year or so, I've become increasingly convinced that that Teams, if you're living in the Microsoft world, using Teams just makes sense because it connects everything together. And we keep our scripts in Word. Um, we we I, I just think it makes a lot more more sense to move over. I, I would prefer, because I'm using it almost exclusively now um, in my job, in collaborating with other consultants in my company on projects with clients, that it just makes sense to use one tool rather than going back and forth between Teams and Slack. I like Slack quite a bit. I, don't get me wrong. It works It works very well. I just think that in the if you're in the Microsoft world, it's, it's hard not to use something like Teams. So I, I agree. I think we need to explore that, and I would prefer to do that sooner than later. Later. Um, always been interested, and we've gotten some some interest both online and from from people talking to us about uh, about a a compilation of our parting shots, um, which I think would be a fun thing. It, uh, we need to make sure that they're not out of date. We need to to go vet them and see uh, see what we've gotten and how many are still actually legitimate. And then I I do think that doing an online course of podcasting is uh, is an interesting thing for us to do um, because I think that lots more. More people are talking about doing podcasts. They want to learn how to do it, and I think that uh, putting that information out there is uh, is valuable. Um, the, the last resolution is a follow-on from last year. The podcast desperately wants guests, Dennis, and um, I will be working hard this year to try and identify guests and get them onto the show because um, I find that the ones that where we have guests tend to be well-regarded, and I'm hoping that everybody who's listening to that agrees. I'm with you there on, on that one time. We sort of just have to figure out what the shows are going to be and, and uh, you know, and then match the guests to to the theme we want to. There's so many interview shows out there that, you know, I, I still feel we want to do something that's a little bit different. I guess the other thing I would like to do, Tom, is, is to do like a little bit 
more interactivity with with our audience. I mean, we're always talking about the the voicemail uh, line, which we really, really would like people to use because uh, that would make our life preparing the episodes easier. But I think I, I part of what I'm going to be doing this year is, is doing some experimentation with the quizzes and surveys. And so uh, we may do some survey monkey, maybe in some Google Forms uh, type of work, which is another automation tool in its own way. Um, in connection with the podcast. So those would be the the other things I might think about. But I, I think that interaction piece, and uh, I, I, I can't believe it, time after writing two books last year, that I'm, I'm actually th- thinking that in the very, very new future, near future, uh, I'll be starting another one with you. It's in your blood. <laughs> so now it's time for our parting shots, that one tip website, our observation, you can use the second as podcast ends. Tom, take it away. So the first is a, is a website that I became aware of. I give a hat tip to our, to our friends at Cool Tools because um, they've mentioned this, and, and I took a look at it, and I really, really like the possibilities here. And it's a website called The Noun Project. I'm not sure why it's called The Noun Project, um, but essentially what it is is it's a database of icons, icons that you can use for presentations, for publications, for articles, for anything that you want to use. And there are somewhere between a million and two million icons listed um, within this database. You can use it for free. You have a, you get a Creative Commons license if you want to use it for free. Um, you can't edit. You can't do anything to the icon. You can just use them. But you, you've got to give attribution under the Creative Commons license. Um, but if you want to pay 40 bucks a year, you get royalty-free licenses for all the icons you want. You can customize any icon that you want by shape or color or size or anything like that. Um, and what's also nice is, is that you also get apps that allow you to put them directly into, um, if you're a Google user, you can put them into Google Slides and Docs. If you're an Adobe user, you can put them into Photoshop or InDesign or Illustrator. You can put them into Microsoft PowerPoint or Word documents. And then if you're a Mac user, you can put them into, uh, you get an automatic um, app or icon adder for Mac. So, um, Really cool, very understated website, but it, lots of lots of icons. I did searches for just about anything I found, and I found dozens and dozens of icons just do, by doing simple word searches. Call the nounproject.com. We'll put the link in the show notes. That sounds pretty cool. So just two very quick ones. Uh, so the 2020 ABA Legal Technology Resource Center's Women of Legal Tech list just came out, and you can find that list So it, with tons of great names, 20 great names of new honorees on the Law Technology Today uh, website and blog. Um, and then the other thing I want to mention is, is what's known as Warren Buffett's uh, five slash 25 rule. So Warren Buffett, of course, is the famous investor. And he has this notion that what you should do, and I try, and I'm trying this this year. And so this is part of my offsite, my personal offsite, is he says, write down 25 things that you really want to accomplish, put them in order, and then draw a circle around the top five and draw a circle around six through 25 and then X out, just cross out six to 25 and then vow to focus on the top five until you finish them uh, before you, you move to any of the other ones. So it's, a, it's obviously a, a variation on the 80-20 rule, uh, but it's kind of interesting. And so that's one of the things I'm going to experiment with this year. And I want to add my congratulations to the 2020 Women of Legal Tech. It's a great list. Please take a look and, uh, and, and get to know them. 
And so that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. You can find show notes on uh, the end of this episode's uh, uh, listing at uh, LegalTalkNetwork.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or on the Legal Talk Network site, where you can find archives of all of our previous podcasts with transcripts. If you'd like to get in touch with us, reach out to us on LinkedIn. Or remember, we love voicemail. Leave us a voicemail at 720-441-6820. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. And you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, a podcast on legal technology with an internet focus. If you like what you heard today, please rate us in Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you next time for another episode of the Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.